Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to another episode of Awkward Sex in the City. It's the new year. It's 2022. How fucking horrifying. Uh, my eyes literally crossed as I said that, but you can't see me because um, this is a podcast. How are you doing? I ask that every week. I sincerely want to know, even though you can't respond. I hope you do respond as if I can here because I do sincerely want to know. Still going through my own little health saga. Um, more procedures to be done. More fun times in doctor's offices. Uh, The last one legit I thought was a follow-up. Like I thought I was done. Um, And she was like, cool, cool, cool. Here's the thing. Your bowel looks great. Love it. Do you see this thing in your stomach? Not sure what that is. Could literally be a part of your pancreas that fused to your stomach while you were still a fucking embryo. What does that mean? And then that night, this was literally yesterday, I got a surprise bill. Um, because who doesn't love the healthcare in our lovely nation? But the GI that I use, who I also love and don't want to stop using, uses a pathologist that is not in the network. And how how am I supposed to know that, right? And all of a sudden, I've got a few thousand dollars bill. So that's fun uh, talking to insurance companies to be like, hi, hello. Um, what? 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 But I work in customer service, so just if you ever have to talk to anyone and you want to get what you want, be super fucking nice. Like, I don't care how mad you are. I don't care (laughs) how much that company has fucked up. The nicer you are, the more stuff you will get, if that makes sense. Like, if you're mean, you're just going to get the bare minimum. We have a guest today. We have a guest today. I'm super excited. We have Lauren Brickman from We Stand Together, which is another podcast on the More Banana Podcast Network, which is also amazing. And if you are in New York City, they actually have a live show coming January 26th at Caveat, which is a a venue that I fucking love. I feel like I'm screaming at you now. (laughs) What is happening? They have a they have a live show coming to Caveat on January 26th, and it's going to be kind of like their love letter to Drew Barrymore, which who else deserves a love letter besides Drew Barrymore? I can't name anyone else. Also, if you are in the city, Awkward Sex in the City is having their next live show, saying as, a, as if it were not my show. We're having our next live show January 19th at Littlefield. But this is a really fun episode. We talk, obviously, about Sex in the City as... Um, and just like that, we also talk about pain during sex, which is a very important conversation to talk about that Lauren brings up that a lot of times is not talked about. And if you're having pain during sex, um, go see your doctor, go talk to your doctor. There are multiple options because you want to have, it needs to be, not needs to be enjoyable, but it should be enjoyable. Like this does not have to be your end of just painful sex. So know that there are options out there. Um, we talk about that at the end of the episode and I will see you guys on the other side. How are you, how are you doing on this set or not sunny dreary Sunday? <laughs> um, you know I'm actually recovering from surgery. I don't know if you can see. Oh no! 
Yeah, so I've been on like forced bed rest since Wednesday. Yeah. So tomorrow I get to go to the surgeon and make sure everything's cool and hopefully I'll be back on my feet tomorrow. But I got a new toe joint replaced. They just gave, they're like, you you need a new one. And they just gave you a new one. Well, it's been like decades in the making. I've like been in pain for like 20 years now at this point. I like broke a toe when I was like a very small child and it didn't heal properly. And I started working the surgeon a couple years ago because they always want you to like wait for stuff like this to like till you're at the point you can't manage anymore because once you go in and start messing around with bones it's a whole Mm. thing like usually when you break something they like fuse back together my bones never did so like arthritis got in there but then the bones just like died because blood so like my bones were just like i had like dead bones which is like a crazy thing i'm like in my 30s and i'm like i had dead bones anyway so they finally were able to remove the dead bone and give me metal so hey (laughs) Oh my god, that's fucking wild. Bodies are so weird. Bodies are so weird, which They're- I know you talk about in so many different ways on this show. <laughs> no, but you're so right. Like Aaron, um Aaron's been in pain for years too in his back and it got yeah. worse in COVID. And it's it's like you said, it's like all these hoops he had to go through. It was like do this and then physical therapy and then it's been like a year yeah. and a half and finally they were they were like okay we're gonna actually let you see like a specialist for yeah. a back and they were like yeah herniated disc and it was like oh my god like why did it take so long for you just to look at it like yeah well it was crazy I actually started so I started seeing this surgeon years a couple of years ago for this but in the meantime during COVID I like hurt my ankle really bad I had a series of accidents this is insane I can't, <laughs> this is where we're starting though I over the course of the lockdown um I had a roommate leave a window open flood our kitchen and I didn't know the kitchen was wet and so I slipped and my foot went through a box fan so that was injury number one during (laughs) lockdown and then injury number two um at like christmas of last year i drove like 28 hours straight because i was so scared of getting covid between new york and my parents house but i drove to new york because my dad was going to have surgery and i was going to go help him recover um and when i was home nobody in my house remembers that like i only come home once a year under the best of circumstances nobody told me that the air conditioners because in oklahoma like it's so hot they like often will put the air conditioner like vents on the floor on the ground to get it to you fast i don't know Nobody told me that the air conditioning vent was broken. And so I stepped on it, which you used to be able to do. And I went into it. So that was my second um, (laughs) during COVID injury. And then I finally on like a walk, I like walked into a pothole and rolled my ankle. And so after that, I like couldn't walk, went to the surgeon. He was like, you have snapped four out of your five tendons during the course. (laughs) I had to have like emergency ankle surgery last April, which like. Uh, this is actually a segue into the show. This actually was the sort of turning point that forced me to move out of my living situation, get my own apartment. And now I live in the Upper East Side. So I'm in my Carrie Bradshire. So I'm living alone in the Upper East Side all because I had to have emergency ankle surgery and needed to find a first floor, no stairs building to recover it. Oh my God. Um, Do you have friends taking care of you that may have sex in your kitchen while you're sleeping? You know, um, thankfully I saw that episode before I needed help. I did lay some ground rules. I did (laughs) one of my best friends since middle school. She's in nursing school and she stayed with me the night I came home both times actually both for my ankle and for my toe surgery and this time around i said listen i know you're a late in life lesbian but you cannot have sex while i'm in bed um and she said what are you talking about please and she told me to just please go to sleep which 
I did not do for several hours. Oh, no. She was like, I don't understand the reference. What is happening? She's like, I'm in, what part of I'm in nursing school and I'm too busy. Don't you understand? And I'm like, I don't know. She's always disappointed. She's like, I always think you're going to come home from these things and like fall asleep. And you never do. <laughs> She's like, why are you the chattiest person after surgery? Oh, my God. I am the same way with like certain drugs that are supposed to make people drowsy. It Like yeah. all of a sudden I'm like wired as fuck. Like, yeah. I, I don't know why, but oh, yeah. Well, she's such a sweet friend. Such a good friend. Perfect time to be in nursing school. Uh, very thankful. This time around, she didn't bring her stethoscope, though. So that was a disappointment. But <laughs> play some doctor. Yeah. But, you know, we, we have fun. <laughs> Are you liking the Upper East Side? I love it so much. So much more than I ever could have thought. I live in, like, the Lenox Hill area. It's, like, the perfect combination of, like, quiet and dull, but, like, in the mix like i have never lived so close to a subway before i've never had such easy commutes before i there's so many restaurants and i absolutely love it and i it is it was absolutely my heart fell out of my chest because i did in anticipation of and just like that i did a full sex in the city rewatch of course like you you gotta you have to and it hit me so hard in one of the episodes um early on in the series where i realized that carrie had was turning like had turned 35 in one of the episodes and i was like i'm 35 and then i looked up her fake address i was like i'm literally living in carrie's neighborhood at carrie's age and so everyone has my my close friends and family have been dubbing this my sex in the city era oh yeah yeah I I'm feel it. it. It feels good, like good energy. Like, mm-hmm, are you, mm-hmm. are you, well, I mean, I guess you can't right now because you are in full bed rest, but are you, mm-hmm. are you dating? Are you on the apps? Are you trying to, you know, I've been on and off them. It's been, I mean, you know, we're living in a weird time. Not only have I had two pretty major uh, surgeries this year, but you know, there's that little pandemic thing happening. Um, it is a strange time to be I mean it's always strange to be a single woman in her 30s I'm sure but it's particularly strange time so but I've I've been going through phases like I feel like a lot of us single folks went through a like hot and ready summer like everybody came out of the summer like let's do this um so it was definitely dating quite a bit in the summer and then by august i was like i'm tired and <laughs> i have to go back to work and uh, what am i doing and then you know the, the various variants started showing up and things started feeling weird again so that i very much went dormant for a while um you know a uti will also bench you for a minute when you're like what's happening um but then around the holidays i was like or actually, it was really my birthday. I turned 35 in November and I was like, okay, but if we don't date at all, we're always going to be alone. So like, what do we do? So started trying to get back out there and like late November, I like finally pulled the trigger and have been dipping my toes back into the dating pond. You know, <laughs> I mean, you do like, it's a really good point. Like it is, it's always been weird. It's always yeah. been weird to be single, especially mm-hmm. I think in a major city, like just the freaks come out like it's it's just in your face in mm-hmm. New York City, which I respect. And then I'm also horrified by. Yeah, um, yeah. So I can't even like imagine like being on the apps and trying to navigate Omicron it's- on top of like <laughs> on top of like having a day job and this and whatever else is going on in your personal life. It's so hard to know if it's because I'm in a new age bracket or if it is the like fallout from the pandemic of it all but i have to say like people are just 
out there on these apps living such interesting lives <laughs> each and every day. I was, I've been alone for the majority of my bed rest the last couple of days. Um, I've had a few friends pop in and out, but I did get like kind of really bored the other night and was on some pretty serious painkillers and thought this is a good time to open up the apps. And so I started engaging in conversation that normally I would just like unmatch and not engage with, but I was like, let's see where it goes. And oh boy, there are some folks out there that really will just say anything. <laughs> oh my God. Do you remember what they were saying that you were like, what? Well, the there's, there's this, I, and you know, listeners out there, if this is not a new trend, if I'm just getting, if this is just new to me, maybe that, I don't know. But I feel like there's this trend now where men are not even going to like, ease their way into it they just all they want are dirty pictures and they want them right now <laughs> and, like, and that's all they're like there's this new breed of man who like that's the, they and i think it's probably because of lockdown that like because they got people got used to either they themselves not feeling comfortable or other people not feeling comfortable but like they're still horny and they're still bored so it's just like nobody's even like let's get a drink now it's just like what's it look like if the camera turns the other direction like I like a lot of that stuff <laughs> I don't know there's also been a lot of like guys from like other countries and I'm like why are you matching with me it's not my settings and they're like no I paid the settings so that I can match with people all over the world I'm looking for like people specifically looking for like dirty pen pals is much more common than it used to be there's also this trend of like I just got my heart broken so I'm not looking for anything serious except what would you do if my dick was in your hand right now? And it's like, <laughs> like I, I'm just like, what is happening? I don't know. So, you know, romance is alive and well on the apps is, is really <laughs> the thing. This is, uh, that's intense. It's like, so weird. <laughs> but like, I was so loopy this weekend. I just started sending like, I was, I, I first and foremost, I don't think sexy pics with a stranger is fun, but also I work in education. So I'm not in the habit of putting that out there, even with people I trust. Like I just, the last thing in the world I need is somehow one of my students to find a picture of me, you know? But I was having a lot of fun sending pictures of like, like I kept using Medusa. Like, like <laughs> I was finding a lot of photos of Medusa to send uh, when requested for like pictures. And it's fun to see the reactions you get when you just blatantly won't play the game they're trying to get you to play. <laughs> Whether they just like unmatch or be like, wait, what? Sometimes people will unmatch pretty quickly. Sometimes they'll have a good sense of humor about it. Sometimes they'll just keep trying different tasks. It depends. I got it. I, there was a variety of responses. So, oh, you know. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty strange. But, you know. That's just, I mean, it's brazen for one thing. Mm -hmm, and you, mm -hmm. like you said, like, I I do love a sex. I love sending sexy pics last text. Um, but I would not send them to a stranger. No. Yeah. You don't go straight out the gate with that. Like there needs to be some like social lubricant to it. Like yeah. to know that yeah. it's going to be fine and like they're trustworthy. Yeah. It's just so weird. But I'm like... I even one of one guy though the other night I was like yeah I assume this has to work at sometimes or else you wouldn't be doing it and then like he was like uh sometimes uh, it's just a rare night and then I was like yeah but like how often and I just started asking questions and then he pretty quickly unmatched because I was like I'm not 
I'm just bored and high right now. And all I really want is entertainment. <laughs> so I was just in full, just like data collection mode. <laughs> no, you were doing God's work. Like people want the answers to these questions. I want to know that. Like why people go straight for that too. Yeah. I, you know, I, I had talked to some, I, a guy I had been on a date with not long ago, we were like swapping bad date stories and we were talking about like the apps in this and, he actually made me think about the fact he was like, well, guys do that. If a guy is doing that kind of stuff, it's because at some point it worked for him. And I was mm. like, interesting. And so now I'm like, does it really work? <laughs> like, who does this work with? Why does it work? I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. I mean, like, there's definitely like apps where that's what both party wants. But it's totally. not It's not Tinder. It's not Bumble. It's not Hinge. I don't know any of the other apps. Like, there's so many apps out there that are so niche specific that when I find people who have like a very specific interest, I'm like, is it just because there's not enough of a community on these other apps? Do you not know about these apps? Sometimes I'm like, should I be offering a curated list of the other apps out there for what <laughs> I think you need? Like, because I'm not trying to get into all that right now. <laughs> what would you say has been your worst date? My worst date, like, on this side of the pandemic, like, or just ever. <laughs> ever slash both. I would say, and I told this story not long ago to someone, and it's not a very good story, as they pointed out to me. It's because it was like, I just didn't feel good. But I, during the summer when I was like on a mission, um, I had a friend who's a fellow <laughs> comedian who over the summer we were like, intimacy accountability partners and we were like checking in each week and i will say this we were um so a type about it we had like a spreadsheet so every time one of us went on like a date or something we'd mark it on the spreadsheet and like compare and contrast notes and just sort of be like because it was rough out there um and we were living nearby each other for the summer um and like a couple she got like stood up once and so like i went and met her at the bar and like we were just like we were being that person for each other <laughs> one guy i matched with on bumble and we had like a very short sort of conversation. I couldn't really get a sense of him, but he very quickly was like, let's, let's make a date. Uh, do you like sushi? I was like, yeah. He was like, what are some of your favorite sushi restaurants? I gave him a couple places I liked in the city. He picked one. Great. It was something I could walk to. Fine. But I really didn't have a sense of like who this person was, but I was excited that they were like interested in like, oh, they actually want to set a date. They actually want to like do something other than just like do you want to get one drink at the bar above my apartment you know what I mean like um so we went to dinner but like that whole day leading up to it I was like I don't I'm so tired I would rather do anything than go make awkward small talk with someone else I was just like not in a great mood when I tell you the second I walked into that restaurant and clocked who it was I was like I'm out I was just out I just knew it wasn't gonna be a match. I knew it wasn't going to be a fit. And I have just never instantly met another human and known that there was just no chance of compatibility faster. And so I don't know how, like he just, <laughs> I feel so terrible because there wasn't anything like, like major, major, major red flags other than like the energy of the person that was like in front of me did not in any way match the energy of the person I thought I had matched with. It just seemed like two different people. And this guy gave me real like 
I just didn't feel safe. Like, I immediately didn't feel safe. Mm. Like, I didn't feel comfortable. Like, he felt very, I think he probably was just, like, very anxious. And, like, you know, we were all locked up alone for many months. God knows I was probably serving some really weird energy, too. Like, I'll own that. But I knew kind of pretty quickly that I wasn't interested. So, like, we were at a sushi place and I ordered, like, one roll. That's all I ordered because I knew I ordered a roll. And I was like, oh, I'm just not really hungry. Like, whatever. He got, like, an appetizer. He got multiple rolls. He got, like, drink. He got, like, a full meal. And when the check came, he goes, so we'll split it, right? No, no, no. So I ended up buying this guy dinner, basically. (laughs) And I was, like, fine with it. After the check came, I paid far more than my share. And then because my apartment was so close to the restaurant, I walked, like, blocks and blocks and blocks, far, 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 far out of my way just because I was, like, I never want this person to know where I live ever. There was just something about it that gave me stranger danger vibes. And... Yeah, that was that's been my worst date on this side of the pandemic for sure. You gotta trust your gut with those things too. Like yeah. there is something about it of like you your body clocks it immediately for some reason. Immediately. Like as soon as I walked in, I just had that like that feeling that I was like, if your life was an episode of Criminal Minds, everyone would have been like, She should have trusted her gut. <laughs> And I was like, I don't need Mariska Hargitay, like, shaking her head at the end of an episode being like, this this poor girl. Like, no, like, I don't need to be a very special victim. So <laughs> I got out of there. There was just something about, I don't know, I've never felt so instantly uncomfortable in my life before yeah. the poor guy even opened his mouth. And that's just not usually my MO, but whew, yeah, I don't know. There's something about the scraggly beard and the, like, the frenetic energy of the foot that wouldn't stop tapping under the table. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's very unnerving. Like, yeah, oh my yeah. god, I this is not in any way related, but I in high school there is this guy that always tapped the back of my desk with his Ooh. nervous foot, and I was too shy, too fucking shy to ever no. say anything. And I like did it for a year, but that that noise, that feeling, I'm just like, no, like get, yeah, go to therapy, get your shit together. Like, why, are, why, what's happening? What's with this energy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In retrospect, I don't think this person would have, like, physically harmed me, but I do think that I would have been caring for them emotionally every step of the way if we had gone any further. Yeah, and that's so, not fucking worth it. No, no, no. I'm not at this point. I'm too I'm too tired. I have to do that all day at work. I take care of cranky teenagers in college classrooms all day. I can't. Oh, oh you're an angel. <laughs> have you had, like, a really good date in COVID? Uh, yeah, I've had some... I've had some nice ones. I... I've been seeing someone and it was nice. Like the first few times we went out, we went on like real like grown up dates. We like went to the theater and stuff, Mm -hmm. which was like, that was lovely. And I was like, that's nice to like do things again. Um, You know, I love activities. (laughs) (laughs) So like, it's not all that, but. Are you still currently kind of seeing them or nah? I, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Has he, yeah. has he come over since the surgery to check in on you? No. Mm, but he <laughs> knows about it. Mm-hmm. We've been, there have been text check-ins. Okay, okay. So, we'll see. How does that make you feel? Um, <laughs> like I, well, um, I don't know. I think it's fine. Like, I haven't known him that long. It hasn't been that long. I don't know. We're still figuring it out. I don't okay. know. Yeah, no, not yeah. to put you on the spot or anything like that. <laughs> No, it's fine. <laughs> if you're listening, um, you know, text me. We'll talk about it. 
That's fair. That's fair. Just keep yeah. talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but to be fair, I haven't. I'm really bad. I am not someone. I hate nothing more than like asking people for anything. It's like my, I hate it. I was like sweating in a panic because when you have surgery, like you have to have someone meet you at the hospital, even if you're getting in a cab and like asking, I asked one of my best friends who I see all the time to meet me there. And I was like so nervous to ask for that. And like, I'm so, I'm bad at that stuff. That's like my least favorite thing in the entire world is like needing something. It's hard. It's hard to ask. It was my least favorite thing to do before the pandemic. And then the pandemic mm-hmm. hit and was like, oh, no, 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 you got to you got to get people. You got to ask for help or you're just going to yeah. you're just going to drown. You being me, me being like, I'm going to fucking drown. It's, yeah. Yeah. I can do it like in some aspects of my life, like in my professional life. Like I don't mind asking for help when I'm like, I don't know how to do something. Mm-hmm. But in my personal life, especially if I'm like ill or like heal, like I don't know. So I yeah, I'm bad. I'm really bad at it. The one thing I've been at, I have reached out for this week is ice because my freezer broke and I couldn't make ice packs. So I have asked for ice a couple times from friends because ice is one of the weirdest things to try to get delivered in Manhattan. It's if anyone out there is looking to start a business, an ice delivery service, I think would really be a hit because <laughs> I certainly tried to find one many times. And it does not exist. No, and like none of those like grocery delivery places have bags of ice on like. I finally like called a restaurant and was like, what would you charge me to just send ice? And they were like, uh, and I was like, never mind. I have friends. I will just ask a friend. <laughs> but I had surely to try every other avenue before I finally was like, you know what? Yeah, you could do me a favor. <laughs> well, it's so vulnerable, right? It is such a vulnerable thing to be like, I need help. And the idea of someone that you love or trust or yeah. care about saying no. Yeah. And then when it does sometimes have to be no, because sometimes people can't. And, yeah. But then it's like, it's like, oh, God, every fear I've ever had just came to life. You're right. I'm the worst i shouldn't have asked anyways i'm in therapy we're working on it (laughs) (laughs) therapy is the best i love it oh it's game changing hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that's one thing like the Sex and City ladies really needed was like they all needed to be in therapy and they all Mm -hmm. still need to be in fucking therapy right now. Yeah, but they are. I do think it it does resonate to me that people of their age are still thinking they don't need therapy. 
Mm-hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> I was, even though they're a little bit younger than my dad, my dad did a beautiful monologue over the holidays when I was once again um, home helping him recover from another surgery. I swear to God, my family needs like punch cards because we are like... <laughs> quickly approaching our you know family plan of 10 surgeries in one year to get one free thing um but he did a beautiful monologue explaining to me why he's not someone that needs therapy and i was like my therapist would disagree with you (laughs) so (laughs) oh yes i've heard very similar things we love them we love them just like we like the ladies of sex in the city but everybody needs therapy Mm -hmm. (laughs) we all need it especially uh miranda poor miranda i know i hope she just gets her happy ending finally like she's always not been happy Mm -hmm. yeah i somebody recently was like they've really the writers room seems to have dropped their notes and mixed up charlotte and miranda's characters in this reboot a little bit and now that i saw that i keep rewatching it and i'm like oh a little bit they're a little mixed up and i see it now and i feel like they're having a little bit of identity crises oh go on i like this theory well it's sort of like like especially with technology stuff in miranda like it feels much more like it should be like charlotte the mom who has the like the persona of like living in the past like kind of liking tradition a little bit more like miranda like it makes sense that she would go through the pandemic and want to have a career change and want to embrace things so it seems a little strange that she's not having an easier time embracing change that she's so Mm. bad at it like it feels like it should be Charlotte that, like, thinks she wants it but isn't good at it. That Miranda being, like, so inept feels a little harsh to her. I don't know. No, that makes a lot of sense now that you say that. Because, yeah, yeah, she is she is way easier, or at least was way easier to go with the flow with shit and just had her shit together in a lot of ways. Yeah, and not that, like, it isn't truthful that she doesn't have her shit. It just seems like... And it all probably is going to, I who knows, we'll get to the end of this season and I'll be like, it's all beautifully tied together. And it is, it, I do see how so much of it is interrelated to different things and that, you know, when you're not living your truth and you're not happy, it impacts everything else. But it just seems like it's so hard for Miranda to be, uh, I don't know, she's just, she says and does so many things that makes me just want to roll my eyes. And I'm like, she's, she's, is she this much of a Karen? <laughs> really? Like, come on. I don't know. I want her to be happy. She was always my favorite. Maybe that's why I feel extra challenged by some of it. Because I'm just like, I love Miranda. I've always loved Miranda. Yeah. And it's like, I voted for her. Like, I want Miranda same. to win. I want Miranda to win. I volunteered for her campaign. Oh, nice. Yeah. Come on, Cynthia. I'm always rooting for you. Her hair looks great, though. Her hair looks great. And I do love Miranda and Che. And I do hope they end up together. I do like that energy. I do too. And I love Che and I love that actor. I do, as a performer though, how did Mm -hmm. you feel about that comedy special, that comedy concert? I, Sarah Ramirez, they are just such a talented performer and they have been given just some of the most challenging 
moments of television in the history of television to navigate from Grey's Anatomy to Madam Secretary to and just like that like give Sarah Ramirez a lifetime achievement award immediately because what they have had to navigate in their career is just beyond I just I love them so much I think they're so talented and I just don't know how they show up to the how they keep showing up to sets like they just <laughs> they keep having to navigate the most I mean my god they already sang through an entire musical episode of Grey's Anatomy and then they have to do a comedy special like come on what are you doing to them it's so hard <laughs> I 100% agree <laughs> Yeah, just so when I saw the press that they were doing this show, I was like, my God, from Ellen Pompeo to Taya Leone to Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker, what this actor has been through, <laughs> like the memoir they could write. Oh, I will be the f- I will be waiting up at midnight for it to drop whenever it's released. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my God. <laughs> the things they have endured that's all i can say but they do it with grace and they do it with such fierce commitment and i love them i do did it make you want to get a trigger warning button for your podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we actually have one um but thankfully jesse keeps editing it out so (laughs) it's something we get to do that no one else has to listen to (laughs) I mean, that has to be the hardest part of that show for me is the podcast. Oh it was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this? It's podcasting, but it feels like it's like the early days of Sirius XM mm-hmm. is what it actually is. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. It's so odd. I love it, though, in a weird way. In a weird way, as much the more I hate it, the more I love it. Oh, I am like so for and just like that. Like I thought I was gonna fucking hate it. And I'm like, no, I love everything about this. Like I is exactly what I wanted it to look like. It's I'm it is <laughs> it is confusing and shocking in ways I wasn't expecting. <laughs> but I'm overall having more fun watching it than I I was worried I wasn't gonna have any fun. It, I've been on such a strange sex in the city journey because I the rewatch I did. The, sh- the old episodes, I mean, there's some stuff that's so, so problematic, but mm-hmm. it holds up better than I thought it would. Like, it's still, even in the cringy moments, like, it's like, ooh, it's cringy, but like, solid, uh, solid joke structure, at least. You know what I mean? Like, it just holds up better than I thought it would. Um, and I had a great time rewatching it. And then sliding into this reboot, there's been some moments that I'm, I think my biggest question mark has just been like pacing and I know it's like a different Mm -hmm. it's a different sort of show and it's a different energy and it's really trying to be something separate from the original but sometimes I'm just like what is that like trim the fat we can get some of this dead air out of there oh yeah yeah and even just like the pacing of the actual like episode between episode like this episode all of a sudden Carrie's not with crutches like she's not yeah she's fine like what so i'm confused like on the timeline of everything it's like where are we in this yeah situation and i know that they you know and i know they had so many logistical things to navigate between like the ever-changing climate with covid and you know losing one of your series regulars just a few episodes in you know it's it, it what a what a kooky ride they've had and you know that writer's room had to solve a lot of problems along the way but there have been some moments where i'm like what is happening <laughs> like, what is actually happening but you know that tends to be television 
in general these days. So like, um, that's just <laughs> what we do. That's just what we do now in 2022, I guess. I'm just here for the right. I know it's 2022. I, uh, I can't. cannot believe. I can't. I honestly can't believe it. I wrote it for the first time, like physically on a piece of paper when I was at the hospital this week. And I was like, this is wild. Right? I can't. How long are you, not to go right back to bed rest, mm-hmm, how long mm-hmm. are you on bed rest for? I, tomorrow morning at 10.15, oh, yes. I go to the surgeon and hopefully, I have like, I'm I'm choosing to believe it's going to all be fine. So hopefully tomorrow I'll be walking out of there. Oh, okay, okay. I'm already kind of walking around a little bit. So hopefully tomorrow though, they'll put me in like, take off my soft cast and put me in a boot. That's oh, what I'm yeah. hoping for. One of those like big ass boots that you can like move shit with. Yeah, yeah. Get one of those back. Anyone who saw me in the spring of 2021 got pretty accustomed to that being my look. So, oh right, you mm-hmm. wow. So you yeah used to a boot, uh, used mm-hmm, to surgery mm-hmm. on that foot. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. You just it doesn't break your strides. Never gonna you stop know, you. You know, I didn't even take a sick day for surgery. I kept working remote. <laughs> Just high on oxy. I, yeah, I was just like, I kept attending meetings because like, I, yeah, I just kept doing my emails, doing my meetings. My boss was like, didn't you have surgery yesterday? I was like, I'm good. Don't, I'm good. <laughs> I hope you said it like that too. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm totally fine. Let's keep going. <laughs> Little did you know, you tell a whole story about a diaphragm being stuck in you and your friend pulling it out in the meeting. <laughs> high on whatever drugs they gave you. Yeah, that does, you know, but that they're used to that with me. So it wasn't as shocking as it was for Carrie's Bradshaw's friends. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And then, but with me, they're always like, Lauren, that didn't happen to you. That's just an episode of television that you saw. And I'm like, all right, right. Oops, right, right, right. Do you have a favorite Sex in the City episode that you can remember? Or like, or maybe more like, when did you start? Like, when did it like, af- like affect your life? Like, I think I watched it when I was like, literally a child. I don't remember when I first started watching it, but I know when the last season aired, I was watching the last season in real time. Um, And I think that I was in like junior year of high school, something like that. I graduated high school in 2005. So I don't remember what year it went off, but I do have a very distinct memory of um, the last season, Kristen Johnson of 30 Rock fame. She guest starred as like an aging socialite. And she has that iconic scene where she's like trying to smoke and no one smokes. And she leans out the window. She's like, I'm so bored. I could die. And she falls out the window. And I will never forget my one of my drama teachers from like middle school, high school. Shout out to James Michael Payne, wherever you are. He was watching it and we would he was like the cool young teacher that we would like talk to about like TV and stuff. And I remember talking about that episode with him and I remember him like reenacting it in like the high school cafeteria. And that was just our favorite thing. (laughs) And we uh, we would quote Chris that scene constantly when I was in high school. So I remember it being like that that final season being a really big deal. But I don't know. And I weirdly remember watching a couple episodes, like my parents used to watch it. And I remember watching one or two episodes with my parents and thinking like, this is weird for all of us. This is, what are we, why am I doing this? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And then like in college, it was just always on in reruns on like E. So I would watch it sometimes. And then I forgot about it for a little while. But then when I was in grad school in Iowa, the I remember... 
I can't I think it was the I can't remember if it was the first or second movie. One of the movies came out and I had a friend from college who was weirdly interning or working at a theater in Iowa while I was going to grad school in Iowa. And we found a movie theater that was playing Sex in the City and a sushi restaurant nearby. And we tried to have like a New York and Iowa day. And both the restaurant and the film were just like wildly disappointing. And oh. I remember us both just being very sad. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. And then I forgot about it for a long time again, as much as you can, um, as a girl who grew up in the 90s and 2000s. Um, but then I was doing my first year out of grad school. I booked a, a role in Annie at a theater in Maine. And I was one of only two out-of-town actors. And so everybody else was pretty much like working day jobs during the day or like raising families. And I was like often stuck in my hotel that had no cable. And so I was watching a lot of Sex in the City once again on E. Thank you so much, E, for the service that you provided. Um, so I watched in like fall of 2012, I consumed every episode multiple times. I think. <laughs> so much Sex in the City. Um, God bless. Yeah, me and Sex and the City. It's, oh, it's always been there. It's always been there lurking in the background. <laughs> I remember, I do have memories. I'm sure you did this too. Like in like early high school, everyone in the group of friends having to be like, well, which one of us is the Miranda? Which one's the Charlotte? Which one's the... And depending on which combination of girls were together, you would sometimes change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like who were you? I, in high school, always thought I was a Charlotte. Like I even bought Amazing. like a pen and pencil pad that said like, I'm a Charlotte, which <gasps> I am embarrassed to at this point. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I just I love that. I really thought so. What about you? I always thought I was a Miranda or a Charlotte, but my fr- I feel like I was always in groups where people were like, well, you're the Carrie, and that never felt right to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like in my groups of friends, I would sometimes be labeled the Carrie, even though that felt like a very kind lie. Mm-hmm. Didn't <laughs> feel right. But it also didn't feel right for me to be any of them because I was very much a virginal teenager. <laughs> That's why I was a Charlotte. <laughs> like, I was like, I think you guys are mistaking my, like, loud prince and bold personality for any kind of sex. <laughs> I was, like, I was obsessed, obsessed with the show. Like, it, yeah. like I mean, like, obviously it's my fucking brand with the with yeah. Awkward Sex and City that girls would be like, well, then have you had sex yet? And I'd be like, wait, yeah. I'm 16. Why would that, why liking yeah. the show, whatever that be the reason, what? And, like, I, well, E cuts out everything sex-wise. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I remember watching, like, the way I'd be so confused as a teenager with like the feet placements mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. I'd be like whose feet are whose like I was just <laughs> such a virgin watching that show mm-hmm. like I just didn't understand so much and that is why I was a Charlotte. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I was always like it took me a while to realize like other I was like oh yeah I guess other people in my friend group are having sex so this applies to them more directly than just pure personality types. <laughs> like, <laughs> To me, it was like the Myers-Briggs test. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, fair. That, like, that is fair. But oh, God bless. God bless that show for confusing all of us in so many different ways. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I even did like a thesis paper on it in college um, in a sociology class of like, did this help or hurt us in the long mm. run? And ultimately, I think I came down to it was feminist. Like, it did help us, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But just, like, now looking back at just, like, how much it also kind of put this, like, need on people to have to have sex or have that, like, allure of having sex or yeah. everything came back down to sex again, which, again, that is is just 
TV. And that is, yeah. it's literally in the title. Like, what do you expect? That like, I just remember make, it made me feel inadequate in a lot of ways too, still. Yeah. The one thing though that I, in rewatching it, that I, I wasn't paying, like, I didn't clock this. I didn't care. I do love that they're like in their mid thirties when we meet them. Like, mm-hmm. I never, until I became a, a person in their mid-30s, I never clocked, like, how young most characters on TV are. Like, everyone is so young. Like, I'm older than most of my favorite TV characters of all, <laughs> like, oh, in every series. And so it was nice to be like, oh, they were doing something kind of cool, even if it was, like, hyper-focused on the sex. It was, like, it was cool to see these women in their mid-30s be single character i was like oh that's cool because that does not happen a lot you don't get four single women talking about dating hardly ever at that age on the oh, TV show. yeah and that show came out 97 something like that yeah so it came out in 97 and then we dealt with the early aughts um which was not good to our generation of women that was you know those like awful thongs and like low-rise dreams mm-hmm. and like slut shaming and all this shit so it was like I guess maybe wa- like going through that while watching a show like you said of, of women in their mid thirties like talking about sex and being very like um, blunt and just like real about things. Oh yeah, no, and not just real, but like I think the thing I appreciated on my rewatch again something I would have never clocked when I was watching it originally, but it's like they were still learning about their sexuality too, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Like each and every one of the characters gets pushes beyond their comfort zone at some different point and honestly some of the most interesting stuff i i want when you asked about favorite episodes i actually really i forget what i forget which episode it was but there's an episode where samantha where carrie catches samantha hooking up with like a delivery guy yes and i really love that fight because i love sam calling carrie out for her judgment and for her shaming and i thought like i kind of wish it would have gone even further and like it, it was an interesting look at how even people we love and trust and we say we don't judge we do sometimes like i don't know it just felt like a really honest conversation no, i think that's a really good point especially amongst close friends like i've mm-hmm. definitely judged my friends like would get on my high horse about shit when it's like who yeah. like who the fuck are you like you don't know what yeah. you're talking about um and i never really thought about that and it's true because like sam went through a lot of shit from all three of them mm-hmm. and carrie always had the facade of like i'm the cool like i'm the cool one but she really is very very like vanilla the most vanilla of all of them oh yeah like- I rewatched that episode where she goes to the party with the younger guy and everyone's kind of like, I think now we'd probably call them like ethically non-monogamous and Mm -hmm. like fluid. And she's so judgmental. And she think and like, Carrie is like so, so rigid and so judgy. And we think of Charlotte as being that, but like Charlotte tries a lot of different things. Like she's a pretty open partner quite often (laughs) during the show. Charlotte goes to sex workshops and like tries to do a lot of different things. Carrie in that episode literally said she didn't believe bisexuality was real. Yeah, it's so fucked up. Yeah. What I realize is Carrie's the villain of the series. Much like upon rewatch, you realize Rory Gilmore is the villain of Gilmore Girls. Mm. 
Oh, I'm a Gilmore Girls fan. Tell me everything. Well, it's just you look back and you're like, wow, Rory, come on. The the older she gets, the more the poor me syndrome kicks in. And it's like, that's what happens when everyone tells you you're special your whole life. And then you Mm -hmm. realize you're just a person. Anyways, to me, Gilmore (laughs) Girls is really a redemption story for Emily Gilmore. But that's another episode. I fucking hated Rory in the reboot. The year I was like, you fucking suck. Like, what? But that's really interesting. I'm rewatching. I've watched a thousand times, but I'm I'm in season one right now, like rewatching. And I I will look with that lens. It's interesting. I think it I think her the switch gets flipped when she is is shitty to Marty. I think the way she treats that friendship is where the shift in her really happens yeah 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 she gets to she gets to um yale she's around a lot of like she's Mm -hmm. around a lot of money for a few seasons and all of a sudden she's very okay with a lot of things that she wouldn't have been okay with before yeah yeah absolutely the way she disposes of marty is really telling that something's changing there in a not nice way interesting yeah also rewatching like rory and lorelei's relationship is like oh this is not healthy no like the way that lorelei like relies on rory so often Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah it's it's fucked up it's hard to go back and visit your friends and realize they're not as perfect as you thought they were (laughs) i used to want to be lorelei gilmore so much i was like um our friends actually like years ago Right after the 2016 election. So people Mm -hmm. were sad. Um, Our friends had done a, like, a Gilmore Girls party. And you got to sign someone. (gasps) I mean. And they even, like, did, like, artwork for it and stuff. It was a whole thing. It turned into a huge fight, though. Because people (gasps) were like, that's not who I am. Myself included. I was, me and my fiance were um, Suki and uh, Jackson. Jackson. And in retrospect, it's a perfect match. Got it. Understood. But I, like, threw a fit. And was like, I am Lorelai. Like it, like it was really like th- one of the dumbest fights I've ever found myself in, and I'm embarrassed yeah. about it. But I was like, no, like I'm Lorelai. Like I'm, I'm Lorelai Gilmore. Like why would I not be that person? My last semester of grad school, one of my best friends was a single mom who got pregnant in college, and her little daughter, one of my favorite people in the entire world. Um, but they were such like a Lorelai and Rory, and I made her do a Suki and. Lorelai scene with me for our like final scene and acting for camera I was like if we don't do Sicky and Lorelai like what are what what's even the point of being in this class so somewhere there's footage of me pretending to be Sicky stuff and I wish I could find it oh my god I love that are you performing at all right now? I mean, with the exception of like, you know, you've got the surgeries happening and whatnot. Um, well, my so Caitlin Bitsagai and I, who host the podcast We Stand Together, we hopefully are gonna be doing um a live show at Caveat on January twenty-sixth. Ooh, okay. We did some over the summer and then we kinda we did June, July, August, then we took the rest of the fall off, and we're hopefully going to be kicking things off again the 26th of January at Caveat uh, with a very stupid premise for a show, <laughs> and it's going to be a lot of fun, and then we'll see how that goes, and hopefully we'll start to get back into more regular live shows, but yeah. Ooh, can I ask what yeah. the premise is? So the the loose the loose theme is going to be um, an evening dedicated to Caitlin and I uh, basically writing a love letter to Drew Barrymore is basically okay. uh, the loose theme. Um, we've invited uh, J.W. Crump 
to create a game for us uh, inspired by Drew Barrymore. Uh, we've got Pat Reagan on the show, Kenise Mobley. Uh, we've got, and then we've got some other non-Drew related uh, segments. But um, we've just throughout the pandemic been shocked and appalled that no one has called to ask us to join the writers' room of her <laughs> daytime talk show, and have consequently spent a lot of hours dreaming up content for her. And so we're just going to showcase the things we've been talking about. <laughs> I love this. Put this in the universe, and it will happen yeah so you know <laughs> that's that's what we're doing live all right i love it the 26th of friday no it's a Thursday. Wednesday. wednesday i think it's a wednesday okay it's a wednesday okay cool i'm gonna try to make it that's awesome <gasps> yeah, come hang out it'll be so fun um so this has been a really fun episode but at the end i always like to ask people like okay. is there anything that we didn't talk about that you do want to talk about i you know one thing that i don't think i don't think gets talked about enough. I try to talk about it a lot. I have vagismus. I don't know if anyone out there listening has vagismus, but uh, vagismus is basically involuntary like muscle tightening of your pelvic floor. Okay. Um, it is can be associated with a variety of different reasons. And I, my doctors from talking about it probably came from like, I hey, as a really, really little kid, I had some medical stuff. So probably like early medical trauma. Um, and, you know, there's pelvic floor therapy and there's all sorts of things you can do. Some a journey that I'm on right now is that like anything else, like any other medical condition or addiction or anything like that, it's like just because you learn tools for how to cope with something or something feels managed doesn't mean it's going to be managed forever. And so um, on the other side of the pandemic, I was, I've had some, some challenges here and there um, associated with like high levels of stress <laughs> that have been happening. And I just think like to any, like I just, it was a word I had never heard until a doctor said it to me in a doctor's room. And I remember a couple years ago um, being at a bar after an improv show talking to another comedian and she was really upset and she was describing something and I was like, oh, that sounds like vagismus and she had never heard the word. And so um, I just try to like use the word as much as possible because I don't once I learned about it, I suddenly like was like, oh, it's out there in the world and I can learn about it. But until I had heard the word, I didn't know what was going on um, and it resulted in, you know, in my younger years, managing it by having more drinks than was probably healthy to enjoy sex. Uh, Not the best way to have sex. Um, and so, you know, if anyone out there ever has like, if you're having painful uh, intercourse or you're not able to relax, check out, you know, do a little, ask some questions at your doctor's office, do a little Googling because there may be something going on and there's a whole world of therapeutic tools both physical therapy and emotional therapy that are out there that do help and they do work and if they stop working take a deep breath because there's other like you just have to change things up sometimes that's the journey i've been on and i just share that for what it's worth yeah no thank you so much for bringing that up that is true it's one of the um i don't want to say conditions but one of the things that i feel like really goes overlooked by doctors mm -hmm. for for people with vaginas because yeah they don't care like i feel like a lot of doctors don't care if you're in pain and they don't know mm -hmm. enough do you watch sex education on netflix i have not watched it but i need to i need to it's amazing and i'm pretty sure they do an episode about oh, that's so about exciting. this condition too um because again it goes back to just like 
if you're in pain, like you shouldn't be in pain there. And there's ways to figure out what's going on to make this an enjoyable experience for you. Because absolutely, like you said, both physical and mental and emotional ways to get through that. Totally. Oh, thank you so much for talking about that. Yeah, I just think it's like, I just wish I was so thankful when a very kind, very affable OBGYN first said, you know what? (laughs) I think there might be something going on here. And I was like, what? Um, It opened, (laughs) it opened up a lot, pun intended. But it's been, I think the reason it's been on my, my mind a lot is like, I don't know. I was thinking about this. I teach public speaking a lot and I talk about how stage fright is not something you can ever like overcome. You just learn to adapt to it and that sometimes life throws you curveballs. So you need new tools to adapt. And I've been having to like remind myself as I've been having some different like feeling like it's regression, but it's like not really regression. It's just like, you know, life sometimes throws you curveballs. And what was working for you before that may not be the tool or the system or the approach that works. So just reminding yourself that like evolution and adaption is a lifelong process and like is yeah a journey that I'm on. And yeah, I don't know. So I just like to talk about it in any space that'll have me because I don't think we talk about it enough. No, I agree with you. I don't think we talk about it enough. And like you said, I don't think we talk about it enough that like what worked once might not work in the future. Totally. And that it's okay. Like it's scary mm-hmm. at first. Like you do feel like you're regressing back into what, I don't know, not like what you don't want to be anymore, but whatever, like it would be for me like regressing back to like severe anxiety and depression. Like you yeah. don't want that to happen again. Right. But it could. And to be like open to the idea of like this could happen again, like when it will be okay. Like to know that yeah. it will be okay. If like you said, like take a deep breath and take a deep breath and just remember that like you moved through it at different phases in your life. You can move through it again. And just because you have like one instance of a little like setback doesn't mean it's indicative of a complete reset or doesn't mean you've lost um whatever you'd gained it just means you know some reframing needs to happen absolutely yeah oh thank you so much for coming on and talking about all we talked about yay (laughs) it was a blast thanks so much for having me yeah of course have a good night you too bye guys thank you so much for listening um thank you lauren for coming onto the show especially after having fucking surgery like what a gem what a vision guys go follow we stand together at we stand social w-e-s-t-a-n-s-o-c-i-a-l also i can't spell on instagram you can find more about their show on the 26 at caveat and also go check out their podcast and then also go to awkwardsexinthesweek.com or any of our socials to go see the show january 19th at littlefield and i will see y'all talk to y'all next week